Your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 351 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. My name is Laura Sav. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. We are both very frustrated with this Montreal Canadiens team. Scott, how are you doing tonight? I was doing a lot better before the Rocket had their games put on hold for a week, and then I wasted two hours of my life watching a team that insists on giving me enough hope only to kick me in the groin when I think things are going to get better. To clarify, we are talking about the Montreal Canadiens here because that is what they do. We're going to talk a little bit about that Laval cancellation slash postponement in our second segment. And then in our third segment, we're going to talk about what it means that the Canadians have made a couple of transactions, uh, sending Primo and Leskinen back. So that means that there's pretty good chance that the injured players or a couple of the injured players are coming back. That's going to be in the third segment. But first, let's get this frustrating game out of the way. The Canadians have this pattern of giving us hope, like you said, and then crushing it. And in this game, they started out well. Yes, they did allow a goal, but they started out pretty well. And then it seemed as the game wore on, they had no answer. Not only that, they had no answer against a team that played the best team in the division last night and won and traveled. That's the part where I'm getting really frustrated. It's not just that the Canadians lost. It's that they didn't show enough promise against a team that quite frankly, should not even have been in that game. Like, this is the kind of thing where, like, the Canadians should have had second-period adjustments and they should have, like, taken control of that game and not let Calgary back in. And the exact opposite happened. And that is so frustrating to me. Jake Allen played well. I will give you that. The entire fan base is now turning against Shea Weber, which is sad. It's not what we want. We don't want the fan base to hate Shea Weber. But... I do think that the Canadians need to figure out how they're deploying him. I do think that, you know, it's not that, like, he needs the fans to cut him some slack. I think he needs the organization to cut him some slack and not put him in that position. I think I think it's possible for the Canadians to turn things around. I just feel like I, I don't see them having the will to do it, though, and that's the problem that I'm having right now. Hey, the, the funny part is how you mentioned about how they didn't, you know, show any promise. They didn't show up at all in this game and that it's unacceptable that like you said they're playing a team on a back-to-back who played the night before obviously you had a day of rest and they've struggled they're not exactly some juggernaut team and you just you don't show up at all like I I don't know what it is Jake Allen showed up to play I thought Josh Anderson looked good I thought Jonathan Drouin looked good everyone else and even Corey Perry who's been pretty good for some, you know, veteran moments and some leadership, like just no one was there in this game. And it's not all on Shea Weber. He did have the turnover on the three, one goal to put the game out of reach, but like across the board, it's a team wide failing to get this team ready to play in another crucial game against a team. They should beat. We ha- I talked in our locker room with Andrew Berkshire of, you know, the cross check 
uh, podcast, and he mentioned that it's like it's unlikely that Calgary catches this team just because of the distance and how poorly they've been playing. But like the fact that we even have to ask the question right now is a huge problem with this team. Like they should be better than this. They're obviously not going to contend for a division title. Like that's not going to happen. But you shouldn't be worried about being caught by a team that was like what oh six and one at some point in a streak of games that got their head coach fired. Like. It's a failing on just multiple levels to get ready for this game. And now what are you going to do when you've got back-to-back, when you're the team on a back-to-back Friday into Saturday? What are you going to do in that situation? Are you going to just hope and pray that, like, your refreshed Ben Chirot and Carey Price save your ass? It's not a situation that they should be in right now, and I just don't know how you get this team ready to play when they just feel uh, mentally fragile every time something bad happens to them. So here's the thing. The Canadians are playing Calgary again on Friday, and the game was moved to 6 p.m. Remember, that was one of those games where it was, like, supposed to be 8 p.m. or something like that, and because of the schedule changes after the Canadians went on a COVID-mandated break, they changed the time. This is one of them. The time is at 6 p.m. Eastern time, and then on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern time, they are playing the Ottawa Senators. Now, these are two teams that have given the Canadians fits, even though they had no business doing so. This is going to be a back-to-back, and at this time, there's no travel. You know, they're both at the Bell Center. I guess that's kind of a positive. But for me, like, when you're looking at this team objectively, when you're looking at, not this team, sorry, this upcoming schedule, the Canadians should be winning both of those games hands down easily. And the problem that I'm having is that we do not have that faith right now. The way that play that they've displayed in the last couple of weeks has been just it's it's made us hopeless and they need to be banking as many points as possible as we've discussed at this point like this is this is something they don't really have a choice they have to do it and so for me they're going to be they're they're going to have their work cut out for them and the Calgary Flames aren't a good team we talked about it they have had some bad luck but they are not a good team and Daryl Sutter hockey is a hockey of the path. It's the kind of hockey that you should be able to play against. It's the kind of hockey that you should you should be able to game plan against. And I'm not seeing a lot of that from the Canadians. Now, I hope that they win those two games and completely change my 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 uh feelings towards them, but at this moment in time, it's not looking all that hopeful. We're going to talk a little bit about the adjustments that they're going to have to make later in the show. Because, uh, again, we've got some injured players coming back. But first, let's talk about what's going on with the Laval Rocket. They had their games uh, canceled slash postponed slash whatever you want to call it through uh, no fault of their own. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 
10 by 10. The collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked these out and I'm blown away by the beautiful simple ring from Lola Fenhurst. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Also follow us wherever you get podcasts and tell your friends to do the same. All right, so Scott. One of the reasons that we're extra bummed about the Canadians losing is because the Laval Rocket were a bright spot in this entire season. And not only that, they added, like, if if they were a bright spot, they've added the sun, the moon, and the stars in Cole Caulfield recently. But now we are going to have to wait for them to play because there's an outbreak that's going around with the Toronto Marlies. So, like, the Laval Rocket can't play, and if I understood you correctly, they have only one game between now and the end of this month, right? So, what happened was the Marlies had positive tests, so they postponed the games. The day that you're listening to this on Thursday, the Rocket and the Marlies were supposed to play, and then the Marlies were going to travel to Belleville that weekend and play the Senators. What they did, uh, because I believe the Canadians were set to play or not the Canadians, God, um, the Rocket were also set to play the Marlies on the 21st as well. That game is canceled as it stands. So what they did is they took a makeup game or a game from the end of the season, May 9th against the Senators and plugged that into the 21st. Otherwise the next game for the Rocket would have been April 30th, which would have been uh two and a half weeks to almost three weeks off, which is a lot in a condensed schedule. So the AHL is doing the best they can with this. As far as we know, there are no positive tests with the Rocket. They were at practice today where they welcome back Jesse Yolanin, Alex Belzeal, Jan Mishak, and Lucas Vedemo, and are getting Caden Primo and Otto Leskinen back as well. It, I was really looking forward to watching Caulfield continue his start here in the AHL, especially with all these pieces coming back. Because the Rocket have been so good lately, even with all these injuries, and then adding them back into this lineup that's been thriving, even with them not there, it, it would be a lot of fun to, you know, see what this team is capable of with a fully healthy roster and Cole Caulfield on it. Like, it's it's scary good, to be quite honest. I don't think I'm being, you know, too over-the-top or hyperbolic when I say that. Like, this, the Rocket with a fully healthy lineup are scary good and could probably beat the Ottawa Senators on a given night. Well, at least that'll be one team in the Canadians organization that can beat the Ottawa Senators on a given night. Yeah, it like imagine that that the only team that can actually beat the Ottawa Senators is your AHL affiliate. Like <laughs> I, I said, the day that they canceled practice at the Bell Center for whatever it was that they should go sit in the stands and watch Joe Bouchard and the Rocket practice, and then you know copy everything they did and apply it on the ice. Like act like you give a damn. And I think part of it is I'd like to see Joel Bouchard and kind of Dominique Ducharme meet and go together in the off season. Take some of those ideas because Joel Bouchard gets it. I don't know what it is, but he gets it and everything just kind of clicks when he gets it. Even with his lineup, like completely devastated by injuries, he's getting the best out of guys like Hayden Verbeek before he got traded. Um, You know, Michael Pozzetta, Brandon Baddock, all these guys 
and it just works. With the Canadians, it seems like only one guy at a time can have success. At the Rocket, their entire top line is flying right now. Harvey Pennard's playing really well. Uh, Joel Teasdale, Ryan Paling, Joseph Landisi are playing well. Obviously, Cole Caulfield's playing well. Laurent Dauphin has been very good when he's played this year. Like, everything is clicking into place. And we can't get that with the Canadians. Like, Josh Anderson's really good for a game, and then no one else is good. And then, like, Corey Perry's really good, but then no one else is good. And then it's like, yes, Perry Kotkaniemi was great. Tyler Toffoli was good. And then everything else is just on fire. I I wish we could channel that consistency that the Rocket have, at least in their efforts. Even if they lose, you can still – it still looks like they're trying. When the Canadians lose, they lose with flair and that it's just – it's tough to watch. When the Rocket lose, you don't ever truly think they're out of the game, honestly, like at any point in time. When the Canadians are losing, you assume they're out of the game at that point. It, it's such a crazy different mindset between – what's happening in the AHL and what's happening in the NHL right now. And I guess the hope for me is that what's happening in the AHL bodes well for the long-term future of this team, because quite frankly, looking at it right now, and as we talked about in our locker room, we just had our locker room before we started recording, I don't know where they go from here. I don't know what they do. There's an organizational problem in that Mark Bergevin has made some smart moves in, in a lot of cases, but there seems to be some sort of blind spot or this like this willful ignoring of the problems. And that to me is very, very upsetting because you look at Laval, things are working out, you know, whoever they've drafted, whoever they've signed, even their AHL only guys, there's like this buy-in that they have that the, that the, that the club doesn't, that the, sorry, the NHL club doesn't have. And we haven't even begun to talk about Eric Stahl and, 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 you know, Corey Perry and how this team kind of seems to feel like this solution is in veterans who are long past their prime. I don't know. I don't understand what this like reverence is that the team has for, for guys like that. It's, and it's not like, you know, Corey Perry has been very useful. Um, the hope is that Eric Stahl will be useful. He's obviously showing his age as well. But, you know, this thing with, with Shea Weber and being the captain and pandering and, and, you know, he's making so many mistakes. Like, if you sat down and broke down the goals the Canadians have allowed and watched at how many he's been responsible for, I haven't done this, but I'm sure somebody will at some point. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind, the number. You're going to be like, I can't believe that happened. And at some point, the Canadians just need to be a bit smart about that. They need to be a bit more forward thinking. And it, it's it's just like, to me, there's like this huge disconnect. I keep saying disconnect, and I'm mixing up what I said earlier in this episode with what I said in the locker room. But there's a disconnect with how the AHL team is operating with their new ideas and their fun things. And, you know, Alex Burroughs was doing so great on the AHL team. He doesn't really have had, he hasn't really had that much of an impact on the NHL club. And that's something that's very upsetting to me because it seems like, you know, what's happening is that the success, like successful t- players that join the Canadians from other, uh, other clubs or whatever, like this is where their offensive talent goes to die. And then successful people, successful people in Laval, they make the NHL team and the Canadians are, is where their like talent goes to die. And I'm sure I'm exaggerating because I'm bitter and frustrated about that Calgary result. But I just, I want to see some, some, some change. Like I want to see some hope for the future. Yeah. That's it. Just meaningful, meaningful changes to what's going on with this team right now. Like I, I don't know how much more that we can like 
just watch this team struggle to do things. And it's not just Shea Weber. It's just that his are the most noticeable because they keep ending up in the back of the net. Like they need a system overhaul on this. And I get that it's a short and condensed season, but like it, like Andrew said in our locker room, if Jeff Petrie's having an off night and he was off against Calgary, the whole breakout system just goes in the toilet. And that's a flawed system. That's not something that can be fixed or easily tweaked. It's a systemic issue all the way down and it needs a serious overhaul like right now. Like if they want to contend, it it needs to be tweaked and fixed immediately. Just yeah. I I'm at a loss for words otherwise. <laughs> So let's turn it around and let us talk about the next couple of games in the NHL and the changes that we can expect just simply based on the transactions that the Canadians have done just as we're speaking right now after the game. And first, let me remind you that rockauto.com is the only place where you should be looking for anything that you need for your car. If you go to a chain store, you're limited to their prices, you're limited to their stock, You don't get to choose. At rockauto.com, you're in the driver's seat. All you do is you put in your car's make, model, and year, and trust me, they've got all of them on there. And then you choose. There's like a little drop-down. It's a very easy-to-use catalog, and you choose what you need. And then you can choose the price you want to pay from what's available on there. And the prices are always reliably low. You're going to be paying the same as a professional mechanic, whereas in in the outside world, outside of rockauto.com, you could be paying up to twice as much for the same things. You don't want to be doing that. You want to go to rockauto.com. And after all of that, you've done all that easy shopping and you've chosen your reliably low price the parts will get delivered directly to your door. Not just parts. I said parts. Accessories, motor oil, a rag that you need to clean, carpet, a gas cap, anything that you need for your car, you're going to find it at rockauto.com. And do not forget, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on that's betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from locked on fantasy hockey fantasy hockey expert scott cullen gives you the tips insights and analysis for season-long dynasty and dfs leagues Follow the Locked On Fantasy podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. A quick reminder before we start talking about the next game, it is our mailbag episode. Fridays are always our mailbag episode, so please get your questions to us as soon as possible. You can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We've already got two questions. And you can tweet us at, at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. We have no questions so far for this week, so please add us Twitter questions. 
got before we started recording, you mentioned that the Canadians are sending down Primo and Leskinen, and that means that Ben Chirot and Carey Price must be ready to return. And and as we know, they, they keep talking about Ben Chirot being almost ready. He could be back this weekend. It seems like he is going to be back this weekend. So what do you think happens from, from here on out? Do we see more of the Chirot and Weber pairing? Do we see them ease Ben Sherratt in? Do we, what, what are we going to see with, with this, with this, uh, with, with, I guess at this point too, it's going to be really close to when John Merrill can join the team. Yeah. I, I, I don't know because like John Merrill should be playing over Xavier Willette, but he's in quarantine, which, okay, understandable. Uh, my question is, what the hell do they do with Ben Sherratt now? With also Merrill, with Eric Gustafson, with Alexander Romanov, with Brett Kulak. They have all these pieces now, and they gotta find a space for all of them to play, but like, only so many defensemen you can play at a given time, and playing seven defensemen I don't think is the right move here for this team either, so I'm trying to figure out like, what is, what is your game plan for this team right now? Because, Ben Sherratt, as tough and as big as he is, with some offensive upside, is not going to solve the breakout issue on defense. Like, simple as that right now. Like, he's not going to help that. And we know that's where they're currently struggling. So, are you going to take Alexander Romanov or Brett Kulak out, guys, who help that transition game a little bit? Like, are you going to take out Joel Edmondson? Are you... No matter what they do, they're going to make some part of the fan base mad and I know it's not so much out of Leskin and going down but I like I'm very afraid that it's just making their defense slower and more sluggish right now considering Sherratt hasn't played in a month because of a broken hand like you know what they're gonna do they're gonna like sit Romanov or Kulak oh yeah because that's gonna go it, it that's gonna make me mad like if we're being fully honest here like it, it's it's not a good idea that when your team is struggling with a breakout-related problem to take out one of the only guys who's been able to do anything with a breakout. Like, I, it, it's – who knows? Like, for all we know, they would be like, well, he's actually not ready yet. So, like, everybody calm down. I will go, okay, cool. That's That's smart thinking, actually. Like, legitimately smart thinking. Thank you for not rushing a guy back into the lineup, like, immediately. But – I guess we'll see, and I guess the other big news out of this is that with Caden Primo going down to the AHL, Carey Price is likely ready to come back, which Jake Allen filled in as best he could. Uh, it's not his fault. Goalies can't score goals, but I think he did about as well as anyone could have hoped for a goalie that they, uh, that they traded for in the offseason. So hats off to Jake Allen. He was everything that this team needed during that time. And he, like so many other Canadians goaltenders, was let down by the team around him. I'm very interested to see what version of Carey Price, though, we get uh, now that he's going to likely be back in the lineup. I well, I do want to say that Jake Allen has played admirably. I do think that the Canadians do struggle to score goals in general, uh, whether or not he's there or not. And as we've talked about already, it's not a problem with the actual offensive players, like the the forwards. The problem is with the breakout. The problem is with getting in your own zone and getting stuck there, not being able to take it out. And for the defenseman, not being able to start the offense, join the offense, or even connect with any of the forwards. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Brett Kulak's goal from 
from this Calgary game. It was truly something to be, it was the only goal, first of all, but it was truly something to behold. And it just, it seemed to me at that point, like with that, with that little sequence there with Jonathan Drouet, uh, you know, getting that pass. And who was it that, 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 that initially passed it to Drouet? While I believe falling it flat on his face. I want to say it was either Anderson or Toffoli. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause the whole play started with Shea Weber turning the puck over in the defensive zone and getting <laughs> lucky that the flames just misplayed the puck and it ended up on someone else's, it ended up on one of the Habs sticks. Like it was, uh, it was one of those like good fortune kind of moments, I guess, for the Canadians. There weren't many of them in the game, but that was, <laughs> that was definitely one of them. Yes. And so that diving, like face planting play where like whoever was t- to Foley or Anderson passing it to Drouin and then Drouin doing that beautiful pass to Kulak who then like competed the hell out of that play. Um, and again, obviously I'm using that as a, as a cliche, but that whole sequence was just to me, like it was magical. Like Scott texted and nothing makes sense to sense anymore. And I was just like, man, Jonathan Drouin could turn anybody into a sniper. Can he? Yeah, like, and that's the thing is everyone's dumped on Drewan a lot recently for random reasons, and I thought he was very good tonight, and it's a shame that, once again, the team just had nothing. Like, I thought Jonathan Drewan played a really strong game across the board, and just chances didn't go in. Like, I don't know what else you want him to do. Like, he set up Brett Kulak for a breakaway goal. I don't think you could ask much more of Jonathan Drewan in this game when no one else really showed up at all. It's like we talked about in the first segment. Every time it feels like someone shows up, a bunch of the other players don't, and that's a huge problem with this team. No one can be consistent at the same time, and that's just absolutely maddening. It is upsetting, but I will say one thing. Jonathan Drouin has had far fewer bad games than he has had good games. I've been impressed with him throughout the season on a regular basis, and I just wish that everybody else could catch up to him. In the meantime, we will have to catch up with you tomorrow with our mailbag episode. And that's happening tomorrow. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Please tell your friends. Please leave us positive reviews. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can also follow us on Twitter individually. Scott is at Scott Matla. I'm at The Active Stick. That's also our usernames on Locker Room. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.